Hello and welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. I'm Beth Shank, host, and I'm so glad you can listen today to our second climate justice podcast. Dr. Robin Evans-Agnew interviews Dr. Faith Nawaji, community health nurse and faculty member in Uganda. Dr. Nawaji has extensive experience in education, research, policy, and public process for community health. Today's host, Dr. Robin Evans-Agnew, is a public health nurse and faculty member at the University of Washington, Tacoma. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Nurse Actions for Climate Justice podcast. Uh, my name is Robin Evans-Agnew. Uh, I'm one of the interviewers for this series. And uh, in this series, we're showcasing actions nurses are taking around the globe to address and advance climate justice for people and our planet. In the Zoom space with me today is Faith Nawaji from Kampala, Uganda. And I'm just so excited to talk to you, Faith, because uh, people have been talking great things about what you said at the, at the Nurses Now panel and uh, your sort of activism. And, and before, we, before we went on recording, you, were, you and I were sort of sharing this journey where we were going, where is climate work going on inside nursing? Where is it? And then we found the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. So uh, tell me a little bit about your story and why you're engaged and what you think Think about climate justice. Well, uh, thank you so much. So my name is Faith Nawaji and well, quite frankly, the topic of climate change and its attrition to nursing is a challenging brain, you know, something because you would always think as a nurse, you are at the end point of addressing the disease that comes out of climate change and all that and handling it well in the hospital. But it goes beyond that. And uh, my role as uh, a nurse has been really very, very like innovative, but also very challenging to think about how I can innovatively do something about climate change and all that. So in line to that, I've been able to be involved in quite a number of premises in line to climate change. First is through my faculty role with the University of Minnesota every fall, where I teach global health challenges course to the Minnesota students with a low income perspective. And through that, we have various topics uh, that focus on various global health challenge issues and then have students focus on them with a low income perspective. And uh, I guide students on that. And uh, we have been having a topic on climate change where we have different students come together and work on those. So I've always seen uh, a cohort of um, seven projects in the domain of climate change, which our students have been able to come up with. And my rest of working line to climate change has really been advocacy trying to challenge myself and think better and then pass on my ideas. Yes. So how that's that's fascinating. I mean, it's great that your connection with the, the University of Minnesota has been able to kind of help you begin to explain this to students. 
Um, and, and you talked a little bit about those, you know, the seven topics. So I'd love to hear more about what those what's what's important around those seven topics, especially for yeah. this for this low income group that you've been sort of like arguing for, because I'm, I'm assuming that there are uh, income disparities in Uganda, just like there are income disparities in the US, probably worse. I, I, I'd be fascinated to kind of hear your perspective on that and how that fits into a nurse's work. Sure. So the first project was in 2016, and these students really focused on home canning. Home canning is not something that is very much practiced here. Uh, people know when you talk about canning, it's mainly industrial. However, these students were able to, to, to come up with an innovative so, project. So you're talking about canning? canning canning yes. for for like jars and, and jams and pickles exactly. and, and preserves That's okay okay it. okay i got it yeah. I, i'm with you, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah so many times here it's not an a common thing to find families doing home canning and pretty much it's very difficult to find the home canning jars especially the lids that are like a hole and then a cover so that it creates the pressure to you know, seal up after the canning process and things like that. Those are things that are very difficult. And these students were really focusing on how to train people to practice home canning as a way of preserving for various um, climate change adversities that could happen. And that could really play a role in food security and all that, but on one point, it was very difficult to find those foam canning materials, but I believe there are materials here that can be utilized to serve the same purpose. Uh, the next was waste management. And this was aligned to uh, trying to ensure that families use green cooking fuels, but also at the same time, getting an incentive of proper waste management. This group was called Takadi back then, and uh, they focused on promoting use of briquettes for house cooking with uh, families, but also ensuring that there is a trash collecting service. Subscribe to that uh, family that, that always buys briquettes as a form of uh, fuel for their cooking. And that is all in line with green cooking. The other group was really focusing on the northeastern part of Uganda that is mainly very dry and uh, it's mainly a pastoral community. And they focused on developing a GIS pastoral mapping system that would enable them understand the patterns of climate, but also understand the patterns of pasture and how it can be developed and things like that. Then the other group was focusing on surface seeds, calling it surface seeds in the sense that how can our community come up with uh, uh, adopt ways of uh, growing crops that are more climate resistant by using quality seeds? And then the last was on sorghum banks as a way to, 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 to preserve food. We don't really have a lot of hay making here and which could be something that is utilized because our country is so green and very rich with green pasture. But if um, families can learn how to preserve that as well, that would be helpful. So that's just a, a glimmer of some of the projects that have been guiding uh, on 
sorry, the ones that I've guided students on in the domain of climate change. Of course, the class has many other projects, but I'm just um, talking about right. climate change. That's fascinating. So all of this sort of food, um, food insecurity work, there's, there's totally a great tie-in and students always, nurses are always concerned about food for their patients, right? Food for their families. Yeah. You, you began this kind of conversation talking about, um, you know, what, you know, nurses are at the end point, right? You, when you meet a patient, right? Um, I just, I want nurses to kind of understand that this patient is not just here with whatever disease that they have or whatever health complaint that they have or whatever health issue and concern, but they come with a family and they come bearing the burdens of trauma and impacts from a variety of different things that are connected to, in the end, some part of, climate change related effects and nurses are going to be seeing more of this as they as the, as we go on right inside the inside, inside the as the, as the climate changes so it's great to kind of look at that food uh, place and that food security how does how does justice come into your work how do you uh, how do you work on the rights to food for low-income populations in your country and how does that translate to conversations about climate? How do you keep the two together when you have those conversations? Exactly, so the concept of justice and uh, the rights to food and all that has always brought me to the point that when I am at my table taking my dinner, have I done my role right to ensure that another person can be able to sit and have a similar meal for the many years and generations to come? In other words, how am I leaving the earth strong enough to ensure that it sustains another generation? And to me, that has been always my question. And to me, that has always been the link beyond just food security and all that. Because food as food, has a lot of chains in it. Yeah. The production, the processing, the buying, the cooking and the consumption and all that. Many of these have lots of things uh, ascribed to climate and the environment in the sense of uh, if we are doing agriculture, are we doing it right? And are we using climate friendly materials and methods to ensure that that is a, a not spoiling the environment, but rather enriching it better and things like that. And then to preparation, am I preparing my foods right? And things like that. So now linking the concept of justice and climate change, to me, I've always um, done it in three ways. First is a self-check as me, as a person, because much as we are nurses, we are pretty much humans as well, being part of this planet and like any other person and all that. So the self-check goes to, how am I disposing my waste at home? But also as nurses, we have a community ascription of a solution. You know, if you're a health worker and all that, you always have a community ascription that someone can come to you for a solution and all that. With that, how am I being exemplary in my community in the aspects of climate change. Am I planting trees? 
Am I ensuring that the community is green in the sense of proper waste management? Am I involved in community cleanup campaigns and promoting them and all that and things like that? But most importantly, am I involved in making sure that the community knows that actually they are doing something contributing to the March disease burden that I'm seeing in my clinic or something. So something has to be done about that. Another thing that I feel in the concept of justice and in the concept of ascribing it to nurses, to me, it goes back to the nursing roles. I'll give an example here in Uganda and probably in Africa at large, I've given my work in lots of African countries, but particularly in Uganda, in the 1990s, the early 90s, yeah. Uganda introduced a program called uh, UNEPI, which is uh, an immunization program. And back then, the children that were in kindergarten and all that used to regularly be vaccinated. We would get public health nurses at that point in time were very rich mm -hmm. in, in their infrastructure. And they would go ahead to do community sensitizations, community immunization projects and things like that. And quite frankly, that worked. The Uganda's uh, life expectancy increased and the under five mortality increased and the infant, sorry, under five mortality decreased and the infant mortality rate also decreased. So yeah, yeah I, I, I remember the that the Uganda was a big yeah, success model yeah. for a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And at that point in time, that key person in this was a public health nurse. So since the public health nurse is really addressing various public health issues, the domains of climate change plug well into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we can make sure that the roles of the public health nurse include a domain of climate change, then we would hit the button well and support it well through the government to ensure that this is done right. And then another thing that I always talk about in the line of uh, climate change and social justice and the nurse themselves is at our workplace, quite frankly, as a nurse, I wish, we, I always talk about this, that I wish we would have come up with a hashtag or a campaign hashtag to a green hospital. Why do I say that? We as nurses, we are always in charge of making sure that the, the sanitization team is doing their work well and keeping the hygiene of the hospital well. However, is the waste being managed well in our hospitals? Because we really quite know that hospitals are one of the biggest producers of waste, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You use a vial yeah. to, to immunize someone or a syringe or something. We, you know, everything is really one-time use, one-time use, and there are plastics, by the way, <laughs> and all that, or medication and things like that. But how do we ensure that we embrace the hashtag to a green hospital in our hospital setting? How are we making our hospitals exemplary? to be those that people come to and say, okay, I'll go back home and plant a tree. 
okay, I'll go back home and ensure I drop my waste well. You know, as nurses having worked in the ER before, you really focus on saving the life. And sometimes you dump the rubbish or something in a wrong bin and all that. And beyond that, you don't take labor to tell the sanitizer to or the, the sanitizing team that, you know, uh, you are part of something important. And today I would like to educate you about your role being, if done right, it contributes to us a common good to our climate. I feel like it's our role as nurses to ensure that the cleaning team, the sanitization team or the hygiene team of the hospital take up their role with pride to ensure that this is also managed well. But it remains a challenge to all of us because we are trying to prevent infection and uh, practice infection control practices of one-time use of things and all that. But my role in doing this is to, to, to justically talk about these things. Yeah. And yeah. ensure that people really uh, know about them and think through themselves and how do they contribute in all domains. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. So um, I'm hoping my sound is okay. Um, I, sure. I, 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 I like the, the three things that you talked about. So yourself, your profession, and then your workplace, right? So the, those, at all of those points, um, there's really climate justice questions that you have to ask yourself, right? Um, so I, I just, I, I love that. And I, I, love, I love this idea to, that you asked yourself, does the community realize, I think, um, that, that uh, what they can do can affect the disease burden, right, of, of climate change in terms of that if, if the community does this, they're going to help save lives, right? And they're going to help save lives of people who are more vulnerable than others, right? Uh, which is what we're seeing with the COVID-19 uh, epidemic now, right? People who are more vulnerable than others are the ones most at risk. We, we've got to turn our community towards really caring for those uh, that, you know, along the lines of vulnerability, which is, goes along the line of, uh, you know, uh, uh, people who are uh, working poor, uh, who are, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 suffering discrimination from a variety of sorts of things. So my last, you know, million dollar question in this is like, how do you advocate? What, what, what do you see the, your role as an advocate within all of those places, advocating inside your community, advocating inside your profession for this change, this vision you have that climate change becomes part of our training, especially inside public health nurses. And then how do you, how do you advocate for workplaces to take it seriously rather than look for the all next right, big so, buck that's coming through and the money and oh my gosh, we've got a brand new machine, yeah. but it's gonna create all of this sort of waste. How do you do advocacy in that way? Exactly, so advocacy, quite frankly, I've, I've chosen to take it as each one reaches one. Your very small social community and all that matters. And to me, it's not all about hitting the president to, 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 to really, you know, pay attention to my thing and, you know, things like that, but impacting my neighbor or impacting who am I talking to and all that. So oftentimes, how have I done the advocacy part with my community and with the people around me and all that? 
have always been very cautious. I recycle my my polythene bags or mm -hmm. plastic bags that some people refer to them. I always make sure that I don't buy more plastic bags. I usually wrap them up and ensure that I have a box to keep them for reuse and only dispose them off when they are really worn out. To me, I feel that is reducing on, you know, the, the, the waste and all that. And that has been my advocacy to my friends. You know, my community right. is just fast with my friends. And yeah, so to me, I feel like if I can tell my friends about simple things, you know, and also, okay, if you're cooking, you know what, there is insulative cooking and things like that, as opposed to really burning out and things like that. And uh, also within my, my, my groups, you know, I'm part of, I'm not so strong, quite frankly, on tweeting and, you know, Instagram and, know. you know, doing a lot of Facebook and things like that. I go there really to see what is happening and things like that. But I'm quite so poor at, you know, posting all, all the time, <laughs> posting all the time. And I feel like your pain. That. I feel but, your pain. Um, here in Africa, people are very strongly connected with WhatsApp and I use WhatsApp a lot much as well. And we have a lot of WhatsApp groups and things like that. So through that, we always uh, promote if there is any agenda on climate change. And also through my community, we, we do seed projects in our community uh, through my church that I go to. And we sometimes do cleaning projects and things like that just to impact our community so that to me is a simple way of advocacy by being exemplary and things that are right and also as my role as a nurse to talk about the bad effects of some of these things and all that then how do i play my advocacy in my profession now, in my profession as a nurse, I went ahead to do my master's in international public health, which is pretty much similar to global health. Mm -hmm. And to me, as I've done this class of training uh, students from Minnesota on low-income perspectives of grand challenges or global health challenges and all that, my advocacy has been pretty simple. Let's... Uh, look at things in the most objective way for people to pay attention to them and embrace them. And with that, I picked up this, um, this, this, this whole concept. When I was deployed at the Congo-Uganda border, somewhere in Western Uganda, and we had to work with this fishing, small fishing community to understand their problems and things like that and then create a design. So because we are health workers and things like that, you always think, oh yeah, I know the solution. We got it down and things like that. But quite frankly, if you use a community approach to understand the community's problems by them and understand what intervention will work by them or from them, then that's the killer. You know what? You'll be intervening according to what they know and what they would happily be acclimatized to and happily embrace. And through that community uh, approach or community diagnosis and engaging in all levels of intervention, it enhances uptake. So my role has always been to, to promote the concept of listening to the end user 
and what is it that they think would work best and things like that and promote it. Then my other role of advocacy on a wider scope is now that I, I, I do lead the regional hub for the Nancing Now Challenge and all that, is to really put my mind out on various topics that can really apply in the nursing domain in terms of advocacy, training, and also ensuring that we create a community social uh, alertness and good for everyone to pay attention to this. So I've done that through using my voice and through my different positions and roles that I have uh, to the nursing community to, to, to really to say it as it is and to, to, to clearly talk about this and for people to really think about them. So especially in the domains where they are decision makers, the right. policy makers, and things like that. So that's it for now. <laughs> that's great. I mean, I think about um, the, the, the kinds of the question that comes to mind, this is my sorry, my last question is, are we still a fringe group? Are you, as a nurse who cares about climate change, do a lot of other nurses go, that's got nothing to do with nursing? What You're crazy, Faith. What, why are you doing all these things? Uh, why don't you just focus on hospital work and your leadership in this thing? Why do you keep going on about climate change? Um, do you get that? Or are people accepting and encouraged? How do nurses respond? How do other nurses respond to you and your leadership in this way? So quite frankly, nursing and climate change, when you talk to people about it, you know, it goes beyond just telling people that, okay, stop using wood or burning stuff to cook. We need to understand that there is a social ascription to it. And it's a way of life and culture of how people do stuff, you know? People love to have their roasts and things like that. If you're telling a roasting person who loves to really do their, their grill stuff and things like that and tell them, oh my God, it is really, really not okay. Don't do it and things like that. I think to me that's really doesn't drive the point home. What drives the point home is, you know what? This beef tastes nice. Oh yeah, it does. And the smell and the aroma and things like that. But you know what? We can do it much more better and still be healthy and all that. So to me, I've always used the positive outcome and humor to yeah. things to really get to, to people, for people to pay attention to some of these things and the concept of humanism is always something that I've always done through my work and something that has been instilled in me since I was a kid. Do good to everyone, give feedback in the most appropriate way that you think would actually also make you impactful. So if we tell people stop, 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 that won't really, really make them stop. In fact, you'd be telling them to become more big headed, big headed, big headed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. if you told them that, but you know what, we can collectively work together on this. You know, just because you don't understand it does not mean that it is not something worthwhile to pay attention to. Come, let's listen to this. Let's listen to our webinar. But quite frankly, many times the concept of climate change is not really something announced thinks is part of them. 
because we have environmental health people and uh, we have people in the metrology and things like that. Those are the people who you think will do that. But the reception of this is low and quite frankly, funding for it in the nursing domain in the concept of climate change is low. Apart from WISH, the World Innovation Summit uh, from the Carter Foundation, thanks to those guys, they're doing something about it. But yeah, it is really a hard topic. And lastly, I would like to say, when we think about our workers, nurses, we really contribute to a lot of paper use because we document everything, everything on paper. Our hospital records are mainly on paper, mainly here in Africa, and I'm speaking for the Ugandan perspective as well. So as a result, paper is mainly got from trees and things like that and all that. I understand the challenges of adopting a digital platform, but how would it be if just like we are so regular on WhatsApp, so regular on social media and all that, is the same way we are so regular in using digital technology to capture the various uh, nursing records and hospital records so that we have a system that is just a plug at the nursing bed of the patient and we can be able to archive and know and things like that. That would reduce a lot, a lot, a lot of trees that are being cut in the community. The reception about climate change and is not so easy to navigate, quite frankly, than if you're talking about women health and child health, everyone would be like, okay, Faith, what are you talking about? And things like that. But these things are pretty difficult uh, to, to appreciate, but I don't think it's impossible. It's just us appreciating that it takes time for minds to change. And it is climate change has an ascription to culture and a social way of living and addressing those really many times involves an anthropological input, which also develops through a construct of time. So, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's everything you're talking about to me is what nurses do best, right? So um, thank you, Faith, for this. Um, thank you for bringing the idea of humanity and our humanity and reflection on our humanity as nurses as we approach this. We're by no means the first people involved, but we were always the first people involved with human health. And so here we are again as nurses sort of launching into a deeper discussion on climate justice. Um, folks, uh, you've heard it from Faith Nawaji today in uh, Kampala, Uganda. Um, it's been super talking to you. Thank you so much for your contributions. Hope you stay in touch and uh, can participate perhaps in our, uh, our upcoming work to get this global agenda for climate justice completed. Thank you very much. Sure. Thank you. Dr. Nawaji's commitment to health and education is energizing. Her leadership in advancing nursing and health education in Africa, including climate impacts and climate justice, is wonderful to hear about. And thanks again to Rob, Dr. Robin Evans-Agnew for hosting. Please join us each time for the Climate Justice series of the podcast. Check us out at envirn.org. And please subscribe, comment, and share the podcast so more people can hear about great work like Faith Nawaji's. Talk to you next time.